All right, go ahead and turn with me. Find John chapter 15. Uh, John chapter 15. We're going to start in verse 1. The super interesting passage of Scripture. All right, when you're there, go ahead and uh, stand with me. and We want to read this together. We want to stand in reverence of God's holy word. So John chapter 15, starting in verse 1. I don't have this on the slides. I, I failed y'all. <laughs> There's a Bible in, in, the, in the chair in front of you. Okay. 15.1. I am the true vine, and my fa- father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit, so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. Because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. One of the things that I've noticed is that there's kind of two different places I could be in my relationship with Christ. There's times where... uh, there's times where I kind of kind of feel distant, like I, I kind of feel distant to Jesus. Like, you know, sometimes I feel like he's like right there with me, but other times I feel distant, like, he, like he's nowhere to be found. And sometimes it's because of a sin or, or, or an issue that's undealt with in my life. Uh, sometimes it's just something that is distracting me from Jesus and is keeping me from Jesus, right? So there's, but there are times, though, where I, I just feel distant from Jesus. And, uh, and then God actually will show me those times. He said but there's other times, though, where I just, I have felt extremely close to Christ. Like, he's there with me every step of the way. He's guiding me and directing me. He's telling me what to do and when not to do it. And they also asked me these, like, super convicting questions. Was, was that really the loving way to handle that? Uh, what have I taught you through my word and how to respond to that situation? So he gets to this passage in John 15. And in John 15, he's telling his disciples, hey, I'm going to be with you, but I need you to remain in me. And he explains all that here, okay? So that's where we're at in this story. Hey, everybody. You are listening to Grace Bond Ministries. Grace Bond Ministries is about sharing the Word of God, having conversations about difficult topics, talking about apologetics, coming together, tackling issues, answering questions, studying the scripture, uh, doing devotionals. Listen, Grace Bond Ministries has so many different things that we're going to talk about, that we have talked about, we're going to continue talking about. uh, And this podcast is made for someone who wants to know more about the Christian faith or wants answers to their questions, or just wants to ask questions, or just wants a safe place to talk about things, even things like politics, you know, abortion, uh, homosexuality, hell, you know, or just how do I have strong faith? That's what you're going to get when you listen to Grace Bond Ministries. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you are blessed and encouraged by what we do here. So listen, I am, uh, well, I'm a lot of things, but this morning I'm excited. (laughs) 
I'm excited uh, for our junior campers today to go to camp. Uh, we're praying that uh, uh, lives are changed, lives are transformed. I've also seen a lot of uh, Christians, Christian kids go to camp, come back, and they're just revived and rejuvenated and excited about the Lord. All right, so we're praying for all these things, we're praying for salvations. You know, maybe we're taking a, a kid that hasn't put their faith in Jesus yet. Uh, maybe this week is the week. All right, I know on, on Sunday nights, as soon as they get there, the first thing uh, Kyle Gray does is he shares the gospel with the whole group, and they present the gospel message, give them an opportunity to respond on that night, uh, and then uh, uh, a lot of kids get saved the first night they're there. So, uh, but it'll just uh, be praying for them, and then be praying for the, uh, the leaders there that are going to build relationships with these kids throughout the week, and just get to know them, and just, uh, just help them, and, and let them uh, just have fun. I mean, there's a lot of camp stuff is just a lot of fun, <laughs> and uh, a lot of it is, is uh, about Jesus and preaching Jesus uh, in, in various ways. But uh, so, uh, I'm also excited to share God's Word with you today. Uh, if my voice gives out, I guess we'll just have to stop, okay? Uh, <coughs> all right, let me take a sip of water. So, a couple weeks ago, uh, we had a lock-in. Every time I say lock-in, I kind of vomit a little bit in my mouth. But we had a lock-in. <laughs> Good thing is none of y'all can smell my breath from up there, back up down there. Uh, but we have a lock. We had a lock-in, and, and uh, at every lock-in, kind of the same idea they do at camp. We want to have fun, but we also want to teach and talk about God's word, right? And so during the lock-in, as I was praying for the message, I said. Uh, I said, God, what do you want me to talk about? And uh, on, a, on Wednesday nights, we have a paper, and at the, on the bottom of the, of the student notes, it always says, how will you be a doer of the word from James 1.22? So we talked about be, do, James 1.22, because it rhymes, and it sounds good, and help you remember it, right? Uh, it's, it, which basically, it says, here, well, here's what it says. I got it on the notes for you. Uh, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. All right, that's what James 1.22 says. Um, <clears throat> And so the point of that, though, is, is every time we, we come to hear a message, come to hear a sermon, come to hear something from the Lord, we need to be not just listeners. We talked about that. Sometimes we come to church and we're not even listeners, right? <laughs> Sometimes we need to make sure that we're listening to what God has to say. But the other part of that is that we need to be doers of the word, right? Go ahead and hit the uh, next slide. Um, <clears throat> But the other part of that is to be doers of the word, right? We want to know what is God calling us to do after hearing his word this morning, all right? So that's, that's not, the, that's not the, the, the topic of today's message, but that's just something to think about, okay? So I just want to take a second and give everybody in here a chance to pray and say, God, what do you want me to hear and what do you want me to do with what I'm being told this morning from your word, all right? So let's all stop and just pray uh, to ourselves for just a second and I'll open us up in prayer. God, we just ask this morning, Lord, that you will help us to uh, just hear clearly with spiritual eyes, Lord, spiritual ears. Help us to hear what you have to say to us this morning, but help us to also be doers of the word and not hearers only, Lord, so that we don't deceive ourselves. God, help us to be hearers and doers of your word. So God, as we go through this passage this morning in John, I just pray that you'll just uh, bless our time together. Watch over us. Give me the words to speak. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs> All right, go ahead and turn with me. Find John chapter 15. Uh, John chapter 15. We're going to start in verse 1. 
It's a super interesting passage of Scripture. All right, when you're there, go ahead and uh, stand with me. We want to we read this together. We want to stand in reverence of God's holy word. So John chapter 15, starting in verse 1. I don't have this on the slides. I, I failed y'all. <laughs> There's a Bible in, in, the, in the chair in front of you. Okay, 15.1. I am the true vine, and my fa- father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine. Neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit. Because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. All right, y'all can have a seat. So keep that open there. So we're going to go through these verses, and uh, you're going to want to look at these verses. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible, so your translation might uh, might sound a little different. All right? Uh, but the message is the same, okay? So we're going to go through these verses here in just a second. <coughs> so there, there's one thing I've noticed, in, uh, as I've had a relationship with Christ for uh, nearly my whole life, uh, <coughs> one of the things that I've noticed is that there's kind of two different places I could be in my relationship with Christ. There's times where, uh, there's times where I kind of feel distant, like I, I kind of feel distant to Jesus, like you know, sometimes I feel like he's like right there with me, but other times I feel distant, like, he, like he's nowhere to be found. And sometimes it's because of a sin or, or, or an issue that's undealt with in my life. Uh, sometimes it's just something that has distracted me from Jesus and is keeping me from Jesus, right? So there's, there, but there are times, though, where I, I just feel distant from Jesus. And, uh, and then God actually will show me those times. He said, God, you know, you look at it and like, you know, you ever started just driving in the wrong direction or something? You know, one time I was, I was uh, when I was preaching in, in Georgia at a little church, I, I worked an all-night shift. So I worked 12 hours through the night and preached the next morning. Well, I drove 30 minutes in the wrong direction. <laughs> and I called him. I said, hey, uh, uh, I'm not going to make it to Sunday school, okay? Uh, I'll be there for church. But, but anyway, sometimes it feels, though, that we're just, that, we're just distant from Jesus. But there's other times, though, where I just, I felt extremely close to Christ. Like, he's there with me every step of the way. He's guiding me and directing me. He's telling me what to do and when not to do it. And they also asked me these, like, super convicting questions. Was, was that really the loving way to handle that? Uh, what have I taught you through my word and how to respond to that situation? But honestly, this is really, this picture right here, this is how close I want to be to Jesus, right? <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's how close I want to be with Jesus. And there's times where I feel like I'm, like I said, there's times I feel like I'm that close, but it's not all the time, all right? I don't feel like I'm close to Jesus like that all the time. And like I said, it's because there's different things creep into my life, different distractions creep into my life, and I don't feel that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, the one thing I do remember is that Jesus told me, he told all of us in his scripture that he will never leave us or forsake us. So maybe the issue is that we leave him and forsake him sometimes, right? So 
the results, though, of being that close to God in this, in this spiritual fruitfulness, because when we get close to Christ, we become spiritually fruitful. That's what our passage is about today. This brings glory to our Father in heaven. Listen to this verse from our passage, John 15, 8. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. Right? So that should be the desire of a Christian's heart. And actually, I would argue that every human being that has ever been born has been born with this desire to glorify God, whether they realize it yet or not. <laughs> That's what we're made to do, is to glorify God. But there is a problem that I'm seeing. I'm seeing this problem that a lot of people are going through the same thing as me. Like sometimes you feel like you're close to God and you're close to Jesus. And sometimes you feel like you're distant from Jesus, right? Or maybe you're here, maybe you're listening and you're like, you know what? Somebody invited me or I just got asked to come or I thought, hey, I'll check this out or whatever. And maybe you've never even had that relationship with Jesus. Maybe you're like uh, the lady from, I think it was from The View. <laughs> and she was making fun of pre uh, Vice President Mike Pence one day and, and uh, she said, Mike Pence, sometimes he says, I speak to Jesus. He said, that's one thing. But to say that Jesus speaks to you means you're a lunatic. <laughs> and then uh, she got blasted all over the Internet, thank God. Um, <coughs> but uh, maybe you don't have that relationship to Jesus. You're like, this, this having a relationship with a guy that passed away 2,000 or what, where are we at now? 2,000-something years ago. <laughs> um, you know, maybe you're like, what in the world? And so we're going to talk about that today, too. Maybe you don't have that relationship with Jesus, so maybe you're distant to Jesus, or maybe you feel close to Jesus. That's why uh, the title of today's message is Remain or Regained, right? So if you're, you feel close to Jesus, so that's, what, that's what he was telling his disciples here. You guys feel close to me? Uh, <laughs> I'm really throwing them off on my outline back there. But if, if, uh, if you guys, <laughs> he's like, if you, he's talking to his disciples, and he says, you guys feel close to me, then you need to remain in me, Right? And then also, maybe you're in that place where you're like, hey, actually, I feel distant from Jesus. There's something in my life that I know I need to deal with, and I've been refusing to deal with it for a long time, right? Or there's a distraction in my life that I need to deal with. So maybe you're feeling distant. So maybe you need to regain that intimate relationship with Jesus. <clears throat> and so th this, this is just something. We all need to admit this. We all need to admit that Well, uh, probably all of us at some point have been in every single one of these situations where there was a time where we didn't even have a relationship with Jesus. There was a time, or maybe it's right now, where you feel distant from Jesus. And there's also a time where we feel close to Jesus. But this text that we're looking at today, this gives us the answer to all three of those. What should we do? Wh wh which, whichever of those situations we find ourselves in, what should we do? Right? So that's what this text is about. It's about remaining in Christ. Remaining in Christ. So remain or regain. And so remember, as we go through this, remember that we are called to be not just listeners or hearers of the word, but also to be doers of the word. All right? So here we go. John chapter 15. So Jesus, at this point in his life, this is, uh, this is just after the Lord's Supper, all right, Judas has left. So now he's talking to his 11 disciples that are left. Judas has left. He's, he's getting ready to go betray Jesus the next morning. So Jesus is just hours away from his crucifixion. And the disciples still haven't fully grasped what's about to happen yet. All right, so he's talking to his disciples. He's telling them, hey, I'm about to die. Uh, you're, I'm about to leave you. Listen to what he says in John 14, 18. He tells them, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I am coming to you. Right, and then he says, explains how he's coming to them. In, in uh, chapter 14, verse 26, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. 
All right, so he's telling them, hey, yes, I'm about to die. Right? And he also tells them many times that he's going to die, he's going ro- to rise again on the third day. Right? But the way that he's going to remain with his disciples, remain with all of us, is through his Holy Spirit. All right? So, oh man, I just scrolled to the bottom of my notes. Um, so he gets to this passage in John 15, and in John 15 he's telling his disciples, hey, I'm going to be with you, but I need you to remain in me. And he explains all that here. Okay? So that's where we're at. In this story, all right, and so he's telling them to remain in him, I'm going to be with you and all this stuff, but it's kind of a weird thing, because Jesus is like, hey, I'm also about to die, all right, uh, I need you to remain with me while I die, like, well, you want me to climb in the tomb with you and just sit in there with you, or, you know, it's kind of strange things, but he explains it here, all right, so let's start with 15, chapter 15, verse 1, he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener, this is the main point right here, all right, the main point, Jesus is our vine, and the Father is our gardener. This is the most amazing thing about the Trinity is when you see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you see them all kind of working together. They work in perfect unison because they're all God, (laughs) right? It's it's an amazing thing to think about, all right? So the Father and the Son, they work in unison. They become the vine and the gardener, all right? And immediately, when these Jewish men would hear Jesus say, uh, anything about the vine, they would think about Israel because Israel in the Old Testament was called the vine, right? Israel in the Old Testament was called the vine. But I think what he wanted to show us by calling Israel the vine is to show us that no good fruit can be produced from a mere human person. Right? I think that's what he wanted to show us. Listen to this verse. This is Isaiah 5, 3 through 5. So now residents of Jerusalem and men of Judah... Please judge between me and my vineyard. What more could I have done for my vineyard than I did? Why then, when I expected a yield of good grapes, did it yield worthless grapes? Now I will tell you what I'm about to do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge and it will be consumed. I will tear down its wall and it will be trampled. So Israel, Israel produced fruitless grapes. They were supposed to be the vine that, that, that good fruit came from. But that didn't happen, right? So they produced these nasty grapes, okay? But now that Jesus Christ is the vine, we can actually produce good fruit. All right, look at the next two verses with me. Uh, Verses 2 and 3 of chapter 15. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. All right, so now... Now he gets unto how to be connected to the true vine, all right? He gets, to, he gets to talking about how to be connected to the true vine, and the true vine is Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is always the answer, all right? And so now he talks about how to be connected to the true vine. And so uh, a, lot of, a lot of people, uh, scholars, they get into this debate about can you lose your salvation based on this passage, all right? We're going to talk about that here in just a second. But there's two examples here, all right? There's two examples, two different disciples of Jesus, people that walked with Jesus, people that did ministry with Jesus. There's two different examples here to look at that make this clear as day, all right? The first one is the example of Judas. Now, Judas was a false believer, all right? John, uh, John talks about later in one of his letters, he says, they went out from us because they were not of us, and I believe he had Judas in mind. Right? I don't think Judas was every truly, ever truly a believer in Jesus as the Messiah. <coughs> but here's, here's his example, okay? 
going to hit the next one. All right, example of Judas. Okay. So in chapter 13, verses 10 through 11, when Jesus is trying to basically tell his disciples and point out Jesus that he is, I mean Judas, that he is going to betray Jesus, right? This is what he says, because Peter's like, please clean my whole body. And this is how Jesus responds uh, as, as Jesus is, uh, this is how Jesus responds as he's, he's uh, washing their feet. In 13, 10, and 11, one who has bathed, Jesus told him, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet because he is completely clean. You are clean, but not all of you, for he knew who would betray him. This is why he said, not all of you are clean, right? So it looked like Judas was connected to the vine. It looked like he was a follower of Jesus, but Judas really wasn't. He was never actually clean, right? And then when, so Judas actually ends up leaving the upper room when they're having this meal, and then in verse 3, he, Jesus tells him, you all that are here, you are clean, right? So Judas is an example of someone that was never truly connected to the vine. He never really believed in Jesus. But then you also have the example of Peter. You also have the example of Peter. This is a Christian who needed to be pruned, right? Because we all know the story of Peter. He went and he denied Jesus three times, right? He said, Jesus, I will never deny you. But then when it came to it, he got scared because he didn't want to be put to death just like Jesus <laughs> at first. And so he denies Jesus three times, and he gets so convicted of it that he weeps. <laughs> now, anybody, if, you, if you've been around men long enough, we don't really like crying in front of people, okay? It's just, it's just kind of our thing. It's just some of us, all right? But uh, <coughs> Peter, just the fact that Peter wept over what he did to show the conviction of God. And God used this. Jesus used this to prune Peter because what ends up happening is that Jesus talks to Peter uh, later after he's resurrected, and he says, Peter, will you feed my sheep, right? He talks to him. He says that three times, and Peter weeps again because he knows he's being convicted of the sin that he did. So Jesus pruned him. He taught him through that. Peter later became one of the pillars of the beginning of the Christian church. And then at the end of his life, tradition says, this isn't in scripture, but uh, history, history books basically say that Peter was actually crucified. He didn't want to be crucified like Jesus, so he requested to be crucified upside down which would have made it way more painful than even a regular crucifixion that was already extremely painful, right? So Peter was pruned. Peter was pruned. Just like some of us as Christians, we have to be pruned. There's things in our lives that need to go. There's things in our lives that need to be fixed in order that we can be closer to Jesus, in order that we can serve Jesus better, all right? And so in verse 3, though, he says the people that he's talking to here are clean. That's going to be important when we get to verse 7. All right, so now let's look at verses 4 and 5. Remain in me, and I in you, just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. All right, this is the key. The key to the issue in our Christian walks is remaining in Jesus Christ. <coughs> remaining in Jesus Christ. Because there is nothing, there is no good that we can do apart from Jesus. All right, there is the verse, when, when you're saved and you've, you've understood and you've experienced the grace of God, this verse is actually a beautiful verse. Even though it kind of sounds, it doesn't sound too beautiful when you first read it, all right? Um, and uh, it says, Isaiah 64, 6, we are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing 
but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the, like the wind. So anything we try to do that's good, if we do it apart from Jesus, is never going to be. It's going to be like filthy rags, right? We think we, think we can, so we, we, we try and 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 we try. But that's not what Jesus tells him to do. He doesn't say, try and try and try and try. Well, you know what he says? He says, rely, rely, rely. Be close to Jesus. Jesus will take care of the rest, right? <clears throat> so we think we can do better. We think we can learn more. We think we can serve more, right? We think we can give more by doing, coming up with some own master plan of ours. But the key is to rely on Jesus Christ, all right? So my plan, your plan, should be to get closer to Jesus and let the Father garden your life. So Jesus, remember, they're about to, Jesus is about to die, he's about to be resurrected, the Christian church is about to start, and he's telling his disciples, if you're going to do the mission that I've started, if you're going to continue on the mission of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you have to remain in me. Remain in me. And then he says, if we remain in him, then he also remains with us. <laughs> this is absolutely remarkable. So remain so close to Jesus that they, they, they needed to remain so close to Jesus that they were following his guidance in every step of the way as they were starting the church, as they were sharing the gospel, as they were figuring out where to go and where not to go, right? They were constantly following Jesus. They were that close to Jesus. And so remain, this is what the word remain means, a little bit further down in the passage. He says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love, right? So we are called to remain in his love and keep his commands, right? And this is where people, they try to separate these things. This, you, don't, you don't separate them. <laughs> you remain in Jesus, you remain close to Jesus, and then you see all this stuff just comes together perfectly, it just all comes together so perfectly. Jesus helps you to keep his commands. He helps you to remain in his love. Just remain connected to Jesus through love and following what he tells you to do. And remember what the two greatest commands are? Jesus, the Pharisees, they try to trap Jesus, and they say, Jesus, what's the greatest, what's the greatest commandment in all the law? Right? They're like, oh, we're going to get him now, you know. Uh, but they don't. And Jesus tells them the two greatest commandments are to love God and to love others. He says, he says, these cover all of the law, right? And so that's our two greatest commandments. It all comes down to love. It all comes down to love. And it's only possible through remaining close to Jesus. But then we're given this warning in verse 6. Uh, this is the verse I was talking about. Verse 6. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. So Jesus gives us a warning. So listen, when a, when a gardener sees a plant that is not producing fruit anymore or it looks like it's dying off or whatever, it withers, it falls off the vine, and it's thrown into the burn pile. So why is this thrown into the burn pile? Because the branch becomes worthless, right? And so this is the verse that a lot of people say, well, see, there it is right there. A Christian could lose their salvation. But you've got to go back. What does verse 3 say? You are already clean. Right? He's talking to his disciples who are clean. And what he's trying to get them to understand was that if you disconnect from me in any way, shape, or form, what you try to do is going to be like a worthless vine. Right? Not that you're going to be worthless. Not that I'm going to cast you into hell because you didn't remain close to me. Right? What he's saying is, is, that, uh, <coughs> what he's saying that is, is that if you don't remain in me, then the fruit you produce is going to be worthless. 
So then we get down to verses 7 and 8. So that's the warning, but the best part here is the results. Verses 7 and 8, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want, oh man, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. All right, so here we go. We got the results of remaining in Jesus. And this is the first one. This is one people take and they run with it. Man, I have talked to some crazy theologians <laughs> that believe that you can, this, this, next, this verse, verse 7, man, they think you could just do all kinds of things. Like Jesus is a genie in the bottle, right? Because uh, he says, ask for anything and he will give it to us, right? Well, that sounds like a genie in a bottle. Like I could just ask Jesus for anything, like a new car, you know? Uh, I'm sure we've all probably asked Jesus for things that he said, no, <laughs> you know. Uh, <coughs> but a lot of times people will take this, they'll twist it and say, well, then I can ask Jesus for anything. Well, this is why when you read the scriptures, you got to know the context, right? You got to know the context. What was Jesus saying? What was going on around this passage? Because if you skip the remain in me, if you skip the pruning parts of it, right, then you can. You can you'll misinterpret that verse easy as day, <laughs> right? Uh, <coughs> I just come up with a new phrase, easy as day. <laughs> so, easy as cake, I don't know, right? But a lot of people will twist that verse, but that's not what he says. He's saying, you have to remain in me. If you remain in me and I in you, then, we'll, then also his words will remain in us. And then when we pray, we're going to be praying in line with God's will. This is absolutely amazing. So then when we pray, we know it's what God wants, right? And so sometimes, though, we pray, we're not really sure. I think this is a good thing. We pray, we're not really sure of God's will. I think the biblical way to pray is we say, God, let your will be done. Not my will, your will, right? And that's what he's saying here. We can ask for anything because we'd be following the will of God, right? We're trying to get connected and be so close to Jesus that we know we're following God's will. The next thing is that God will be glorified. Hey, you really want to be blessed, glorify God. <laughs> if you really want to be blessed, glorify God. That's what we were created to do is to glorify God. And the most amazing thing about God is like when we're glorified, it's because we're growing. It's because we have joy. And then when Jesus, when God says we have joy, then we sing praises to God. It all just wraps up together, right? So we have this joy. We bless God. God is glorified in it as we remain in Jesus Christ, right? And that's why he says the next one, your joy will be made complete. Your joy will be made complete. So a little bit further down in the passage in verse 11, <coughs> he says, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Right, so it's nice to know that Jesus cares enough about us to want to give us his joy. Imagine having the joy of God, <laughs> We don't have to imagine it, because if you remain in Jesus, you receive the joy. The joy becomes complete through remaining in Jesus. That's absolutely remarkable that the God of the universe cares enough about us to give us joy. This is crazy, right? So here's what we need to do today. Christians, remember the title, Remain or Regain, right? Do you need to, do you feel like you're close to Christ right now, right? Do you feel like you just need to continue on doing what you're doing. You're like, you're like, yeah, there's some things I struggle with, whatever, but man, I feel close to God, right? Maybe you need to just remain in Jesus Christ. It's exactly what he told his disciples when they started the church and were doing ministry. He said to remain in me. And remember that you cannot produce any good fruit apart from remaining in Christ, all right? So are you in a deep relationship with him now? 
right? And it's not a perfect relationship, but an intimate relationship, all right? So pray today that God will produce even more fruit of your, in your life, but also pray the scary prayer. Say, God, prune me, right? God, prune me. Take anything away from me that is not bringing me close to you. Or maybe you're like, you know what? I feel distant from God. Maybe you need to regain your relationship, right? Spend some time in prayer this morning, regaining that intimate relationship with God, asking God to show you what it is you need to deal with in your life that can bring you closer to Jesus, all right? Maybe there's a sin that needs to be confessed and repented of. Maybe there's something in your life that's just taking up too much time. Maybe there's a relationship that you need to fix, Maybe there's a command of Jesus that you know you should be doing, but you're not doing it, right? And I bet God is telling you exactly what it is right now that is drawing you away from him. So what is holding you back from dealing with it? All right, and also, if you're here, like I said, if you're here and you're like, you know what, I just came to church, somebody invited me or something like that, and you don't have a relationship with Christ, or maybe you've been coming to church for a long time, and you're like, you know what, I don't think I've ever had a relationship with Jesus Christ. Today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. So Jesus, he came and he, he humbled himself down. Jesus was God. He humbled himself down as a man, died on a cross for your sins. He paid the punishment for your sins and my sins. <laughs> and then he rose again. And he did all this so that we could have eternal life through putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So put your faith and trust in him as Lord and Savior. Receive the gift of eternal life. Receive the Holy Spirit. Begin an intimate relationship with the God of the universe. And like I said earlier, you know, we often, we listen to a message at church, but we don't really hear what God is saying to us. We fill on the, fill on the blanks on, on the paper. Sometimes I'm kind of hesitant to even put print notes on a paper. Because sometimes people will just come, fill out the blanks on the paper, and that's it, right? Uh, <coughs> but James 1.22 says to be doers of the word. What is God calling you to do this morning? So I want to do something a little different this morning. I'm not going to make you jump up and down or anything crazy, okay? Uh, unless you want to jump up and down and do something crazy. I don't know. But uh, uh, listen, one of the things that we do during altar calls is we kind of like, all right, that's just forever needs to do something, right? Uh, but I believe every time we ever come to church, God is calling all of us to do something, right? We all need to respond to what God is telling us during this time of invitation, because we're going to sing another song here in just a second, but we want we want to uh, we want to uh, spend time praying to God. Come to the altar, pray with me, pray with with a friend, family member, or whatever, and pray and deal with whatever God is telling you to do with His Word. How cool would it be to have a church that you know doesn't just want to hear a preacher, right? They want to come to church to hear from God. How cool would it be if our whole church, everybody that ever walked in the door, come in and say, you know what, I'm here, and I'm here to hear from God today. I'm here to glorify God today. And it all starts with you. It all starts with you. And imagine our church being so intimate with Jesus that it's always like Jesus is right there next to us. And every single thing we do, every event we do, every outing we do, everything we do, just like Jesus is right there with us. It all starts with you. Getting right with the Lord. So let's bless and honor the Lord this morning. Let's all respond to what God is telling you, what's telling us to do with his word this morning. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for this day, Lord. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to just study your word. And God, I just pray as we continue on 
in our journey. Lord, you help us to remain in you. And I pray for those in here that are struggling in their intimacy with you, Lord, that you help them regain that relationship, Lord, convict their hearts, help them to deal with what they need to deal with and be pruned, Lord. And God, I pray for the lost soul that's listening to me right now. God, I pray that you will just show them that they are a sinner and need, they, they need salvation from you. And God, and also show them, Lord, that, they, that you want a relationship, an intimate relationship with them. So God, we just pray you bless this time of invitation this morning. And uh, we just ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for watching the Grace Bond Ministries podcast or listening to the podcast. Uh, I know there's various ways that you could be listening to this right now or watching this right now. Uh, but I just want to say thank you so much. And uh, if you would, uh, wherever you're listening, if you're listening on YouTube, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, um, podcast, please you know, leave a five-star review and uh, write a little thing in there. If you're on Facebook, you know, leave a comment. Uh, let me know how this impacted you or uh, even any other questions or comments or concerns you may have. Um, and also, if you have an idea or you have something you'd really want to talk more uh, deeply about, you can always email me at gracebondministries at gmail.com. But thank you so much. Remember, for it is by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves, for it is the gift of God. Thank you for listening to Grace Bond Ministries.